Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Le French Dream, a podcast about human stories, people that decided to relocate to France, each one of them with a different reason, motivation, fears, but all of them with the idea of a better life and the pursuit of something bigger, a better, fuller, and more prosperous life. I'm Sergio Rodriguez, a lead product manager and mentor in fintech. And today I'm very happy to welcome my first guest, Elizabeth Collion. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here. It's, it's a pleasure. You're the godmother of this episode, of this podcast, actually. Thank you, Sergio. It's good to be here. So tell us, tell us about you. Tell us where are you from and how long have you been living in France? I'm Elizabeth. I am originally from the United States. I grew up in New Jersey. I have been living in France now for 13 years. Okay, uh, quite some time. And uh, what do you do here in France? I'm, in addition to uh, taking care of my three kids and, and my family, I'm a chief marketing officer at Conto, European leader in finance management for SMEs and freelancers. And basically, we simplify life for businesses by making everyday banking faster and simpler. And on top of that, we simplify and automate many tasks for accounting and spend management. And I lead an amazing team of now over 60 contours across marketing, sales, partnerships, acquisition and revenue growth, and also our international countries, Italy, Spain, and Germany. Wow, that's so exciting. So it's an international culture, right? We'll talk about that later. Yes, yes, definitely. Okay. And, uh, and so you're, you're, you're now part of, of these, uh, the next 40 right? This, this group of uh, high potential startups that have been selected by the, by the French government. Isn't that right? Yes. Yes. We were honored to be chosen uh, this year for the next 40. Yes. That's amazing. And uh, I know that you have also been doing quite well in fundraising. Yes. I have the opportunity to raise uh, over a hundred million uh, last year. So we have good international investors supporting us at Quanto. Wow. Okay. Incredible. Um, so let's uh, let's start with uh, with your journey and, and what brought you to to France. Then, uh, how long uh, you mentioned that you've been living in France? Yes. So it's been 13 years now. Wow. Okay. And uh, what brought you here? Um, so uh, what brought me here originally, and maybe to explain, um, I originally so grew up in the U.S. and I. Um, had the opportunity to come first to study abroad in college. And I thought that if you're studying a language, it's important to come and actually learn the language and have the experience of living in the country. And I guess I'm one of those people that then uh, fell in love with France, maybe the classic American and in Paris, and uh, was lucky enough then to have the opportunity, even though I moved back to the U.S. And, and started my career in the U.S. and lived in New York for a few years, had the chance to join a company that had an office in Paris. So I came back in 2004. And then after business school, um, my husband and I decided it would be good to come back to Paris for originally we thought three to five years. And now we've had great opportunities and we think it's a good city to bring up our, our children in. So, so we've been able to stay. Okay. And, and so if I understood correctly, like then the first time it, it was the studies that brought you to France. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. And, and, and then back then, what, what can you tell us? Like what, what made you choose France over other country? That decision started maybe earlier in middle school, and uh, this is where yeah you never know how these little decisions when you're quite young can change your life. Um, but I remember in some way rebelling against uh, my parents who thought that Spanish might be more practical, and um, and I thought that French would be fun, and maybe there was something about the the culture that attracted me, and so I thought that that French uh, would be a more uh, more interesting language to study. Okay, okay, so you. Choose French over Spanish. Yes. yes. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. For, for, Maybe I could have spoken for, with you more in Spanish. Yeah, that'd be nice, but uh, I don't blame you. So it's easier to learn Spanish. Trust me. Now that you have learned French, I think it would be very easy for you to learn Spanish. One day. One day. Uh, okay. And so then, uh, then you mentioned that you returned it uh, later. So you had this change. You went back to the U.S. Um, and then after that, again, you decided to come. Uh, but this time you were, uh, you, you were, it, it was for uh, college, for university? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. So in the U.S., quite often, the third year, a lot of students study abroad. Okay. So it's uh, it, it's also something that I have seen. It's it's quite common in in Europe, and it's kind of encouraged, like to have these kind of of exchanges to to other countries, right? Yep. Exactly. And and was was your first experience that you had uh, earlier so good that that made you decide to come back? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would say so. As I look back, um, my husband never likes it when I say that it was the best year of my life because, of course, there were other years when we got married or we had our children and hopefully some great years to, to come. Um, but, uh, but yes, it was a fantastic experience from a lot of perspectives, from both studying and learning with a different approach uh, to the method of how, how they write in French uh, to the opportunity to meet people from from France, but also all different countries. And I think the opportunity as well to be really fully independent, um, even though I was already living in a different city and, and living away from uh, from my parents. Um, but it was a, a really a fantastic experience. And did you, did you have the opportunity to, to meet people from, from also other countries? Yeah, yes, yes, totally. Sometimes I, I look back and I think... I might have had better French if I had only had French friends, but um, but also had the opportunity to meet, as you said, lots of Europeans also study abroad. Uh, so it was quite a mix um, of nationalities that that were in Paris. I had the chance to be at uh, Sciences Po, which was right in the center of Paris, and so attracted pretty diverse uh, group of people to come and study. And then also uh, was quite social, so the chance to to get to know people that I'm still still close with today. Did you study in in English or in French, or your your classes were like a mix? All the classes were in French, but we did have um, most of the classes with. It was a specific program that they did for international students. And then there was a group of French students that were using that program as a, a one-year step uh, into, the, uh, into a different program. Were you comfortable with, uh, with, your, with your level of French back then? Was it a challenge for you uh, to attend the, the different classes? Some parts were a challenge. I remember sometimes sitting in some of the lectures and having a hard time completely following, although maybe that was also because I was maybe a little less concentrated and the classes tended to be, half, half the classes were very large lecture halls, which I wasn't used to, bigger than the university I was at in the US. And then there were others that were smaller groups, um, which were stressful then in a different way because then we had to do what they call exposés in French. And, um, and so that was, that was definitely, I remember being difficult and a bit stressful to get up in front of people in a different language. Um, but overall, I've always found that it's almost easier to speak French in a school context because it's a somewhat limited vocabulary than sometimes when I'm in, I find myself even after many years now in a context where I don't know the vocabulary. Yes, 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 yes. So definitely quite, quite an interesting experience and, and, The fact that you arrived, that you were exposed to different different cultures, different nationalities, uh, I guess that's what started also to to help you with the transition, with the immersion in, in, into the full French culture, wasn't it? Yes, I think it's a good transition to study. Yeah. All right, and so so then uh, then what happened? Did you 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 completed your studies? Did you did you go back to to the U.S.? Yes, I had to go back. It was a year. And I had remembered thinking a year was a really long time when I made the decision to come and how could I do a whole year and not just a semester, but the year went by very fast. And then I went back and I finished, I did my last year at Georgetown in, in Washington, D.C. Uh, to finish the, the university program. What can you tell us about like, like that moment when your, your one year was over and then you, you have to go back? Like, What was the feeling The, back then? Uh, it was tough. And actually, I extended it. <laughs> I, um, I decided to stay, that I really wanted to stay for the summer. And so I found an internship um, and, and an internship in investment banking that was an area that I hadn't, hadn't done at all before, uh, but a great opportunity uh, to do something, again, different uh, based in Paris. And I combined that Uh, with being a nanny, so having some, not a full-time nanny, um, but it felt like a lot of responsibility to, to pick up um, a four-year-old 
from school uh, a few times a week and, and babysit them at, at night. Okay. And that was that was actually one of my bigger challenges of the whole year was the was the babysitting. And and so you you did babysitting with with a family, right? And so, uh, yeah, with this family, were you talking in English, French, or in in? in... We spoke we spoke in French. Uh, it was really an amazing family. We spoke in French. The family, a friend of mine from school, had been the basically had that job and lived with them for the year. Um, and they were really fantastic, uh, Constance and Alban. I think they were these French uh, parents that I looked to as um, as being really impressive, working and having their child. And they gave uh, our friend Nell a lot of advice. Um, and uh, and when Nell moved back, they needed someone for the summer. And so I was really lucky to to have the chance. I think, unfortunately for them, I was not as good of a babysitter as, uh, as my friend. Um, I found that that job was actually quite harder than, um, uh, than the job in, in investment banking. Um, but it was, uh, it was still a really fantastic experience to, you know, to live with, with the family. And, um, and you know, I'm, I'm joking, the, the, I think it's just the, the four-year-old experience. It's hard. I was kind of used to the rationality of, oh, um, yeah. of studying and trying to convince uh, Emery to come back from the park. Um, I also had a problem that I cannot pronounce his name very well. Uh, so he gave me a hard time. Um, so that was my, probably my biggest challenge of the year. Oh, wow. And, and how did this family help you like into settling into getting to know more about the french culture i think that they helped me as i mentioned i saw them from afar during the year and so i saw how this family both of them um had had interesting jobs and worked um yet they had a seemed to have a good family life um and, and a good balance of weekends in the country and, and traveling to different places in France and, and really enjoyed. Um, I mean, I remember Nell was always, you know, happy when sometimes she'd be invited for lunch on, on Sundays. And, um, and I remember thinking it was a nice, a nice lifestyle, a good balance in terms of um, work and career as well as family and culture. Okay. So there is, there is this family you managed to extend, you had this internship, but then you had to go back, right, to, to the U.S., And so, um, where, what happened there then? Like, where did you leave, and 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 how did they, did you end up ultimately moving and relocating to France? Moving back was harder than I thought because I was then moving back, and I had missed a whole year of university with my friends who I had spent the first oh, two years with. And so I remember that that was actually difficult. I felt left out, uh, and I think. Um, even though they had come to visit me, I think um, it was difficult to then move back and, and reintegrate. Also, I had some new friends who were also moved back from Paris. Um, so, so that was different, but I still had a great uh, last year of, of, of university. Um, and, and sorry, did, and did you then, experience this feeling when you went back? Like, surely you started to compare maybe like a lot of what you saw in the U.S. versus what you experienced in, in, in France? Like, did you have like this feeling where you said, oh, this could be different or this could be better or, oh, I maybe it was the opposite. Like maybe, oh, how much I miss this little thing. I definitely really missed um, some things about, about Paris. I, I missed the independence, the city. I was at a university where we still were a little bit out of the city. And so there wasn't as much flexibility uh, in terms of, let's say, going out socially in the city and, um, and, and getting around. Um, gosh, you're just dating me. It's going back. I, uh, I mean, I mainly remember that, uh, that it was hard to, to reintegrate with, uh, with the same, the same group of friends because I had missed, it was people were talking about what I, what I had missed. Um, And then I think when I tried to integrate the new friends I had, but then we would be talking about things that other people had missed. Mm. And then, yeah, and then we would reminisce about, uh, it's true that when we were in Paris, we would reminisce about, there was a sandwich from a deli uh, that we really loved, the couple of us who had come from the same school. And, and of course, when we were in Paris, we really wanted that sandwich. Uh, and one time we tried to actually cook it, but it was definitely not the same. 
And then, uh, yeah, and then when we moved back, it was, okay, we can't have the pain au chocolat or uh, we're missing our favorite bar and it's not the same. We can't just uh, as easily go out. So there were definitely, um, yeah, definitely things about each that I, that I missed. Yeah. So then you, you, you stay there, but then what happened? How did you come back? Uh, definitely. How did you move back definitely to, to France? To <laughs> how did I get back? Um, so I ended up working for two years in New York for the same company that I did the internship. Um, and I was happy to have that experience in New York, which was really, really fun. The life as well of experiencing living in New York City for, for two years. And when I was finishing the two-year, that role, a lot of people do this analyst program in investment banking. And when I finished that, I was thinking about what's my next role. And when I looked at companies and moving to investing, there was a company that was in a, a specialized area that I thought was really interesting because uh, one, it was a different area than the classic Um, which always tends to, as you heard from why I chose French and not Spanish, I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had an office in, in Paris. And so even if I started in New York, there'd be the opportunity to work with, uh, with the French team. And, and ultimately, I managed to convince them to have me do an exchange with, with somebody else for, for a year. And so that's how I found my way back. So it was another exchange and, and, and for a specific period of time. So Like, like the deal was not, was not okay. We're permanently transferring you to, to Paris. Oh, the deal was a year. Okay. Um, which at the time was okay for me. because uh, I also knew I wanted to go to business school at some point. So probably do that back in the U.S. Um, and so the deal was a year and it, and I had to work really hard to make it a year because I also had to convince there was another woman who was based in Paris and I had to convince her to stay in New York for a year. Uh, so basically we did, we did a swap, um, but it was pretty tough for her to be in New York, especially because our office, uh, the biggest thing I remember was our office was on the 44th floor um, and she was a smoker and it was very difficult oh. because in the U.S. you're not allowed to smoke in the building. Not only that, but I remember it was very difficult for her because you can't even smoke in front of the building. Um, and it was very problematic because it was very time consuming with a very slow elevator. Um, so that was, uh, I pushed as long as I could to stay in Paris while she was in New York, but she was happy to come back to Paris. Okay. And I think that's a good example of differences between uh, Paris and, and New York. What else can you tell us that, that maybe got your attention? And, and when you compare like both cities, I'm, for me, both are amazing and, and I love New York, but obviously I have chosen Paris. But so for you, What can you tell us? Like, what, what do you see as big differences? The other thing that comes to mind is the commute is very different. In New York, in some ways, I love the commute because it's very, I found it very exciting to walk through uh, Grand Central Station or walk through, uh, even, be, even be in the subway. That was pretty gross in New York. <laughs> I remember thinking water coming down. It's very crowded. Um, New York has a very efficient, um, but not very uh, clean yeah. uh, subway system. Um, but it's a really exciting feeling. You can really feel the energy. Uh, and I lived, uh, my last, I had moved several times in New York City pretty much every year. Um, but my last apartment, I was on the Upper West Side. So I'd come down through Times Square change at Times Square over to uh, the line that ended up at the office near Grand Central. And I remember thinking how lucky I was walking through there. But it was quite a different experience, the commute in Paris, which is more very slow, relaxed beauty, uh, whether I, I was always lucky enough to either take the bus uh, and it's, I lived in a place where it was a really nice winding bus ride across the Seine. And or uh, or now I actually bike um, when um, when I when I go to the office now I go to the office less and I'm working more from home uh, yeah. unfortunately with the COVID but um, but the commute is quite different here both have their pros and cons but um, but very different different commutes they are totally agree on the commute and, and and I also miss biking every every day to the office mm -hmm. uh, it, it it was you know my my favorite way to to start the day because. Uh, Paris is beautiful like like they have kept a lot of buildings and, and I think they really appreciate like the, the, the aesthetics in the in the street and and for me 
you know, when I compare to, to Mexico City, the chaos and, and it, it, it's even dangerous like to, to go biking in Mexico City. And, and here I feel, I feel safe and I also like uh, what I'm looking at while, while I'm riding. So just as you described, your, your biking along the Seine, is, it's a fantastic experience. Yes. Okay, so um, let's talk about the, the process of adapting to, to a new country, uh, a new culture, language. Um, so on a scale from zero to 10, how would you rate uh, yourself as adapted into France? Well, I haven't left in 13 years, um, but I maybe would have to say an eight uh, because I definitely still have moments where I feel really foreign. But overall, I rate myself. I've done okay in terms of integrating, managing to make friends, managing to we always joke about the getting to know all of the different local shops and, and people in the neighborhood. Um, and I guess ultimately being able to, to work here, even though I've, I've always worked in, let's say more international cultures. And what have been some of those moments that something has made you feel maybe not that adapted, or is it something that somebody has told you or, you know, so What, what is it? What do you think it is? It's moments that strike me when I walk into a store or, um, or I'm in a taxi um, when people respond to me in English or I'll say hello, but I guess I have that. I have definitely not lost the American accent. And so For me, sometimes I forget and it's very natural for me to speak in French. But then when people respond to me in English and I know that they're being really nice and friendly, um, but sometimes it makes me feel, ooh, I'm not adapted or, ooh, I don't, I don't quite fit in. Yeah, like th there is something that they notice and, and, and I mean, some, some of them, they, they have a good intention and they want to talk to you in, in, in your language. But yeah, for me, it's also it's it, it creates this moment when you realize like oh there you know there is something is it my accent is it how i look what, what it is that gave like the clue that <laughs> ah yeah this is foreign here um so it happens in 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 and for me the the accent also it's is difficult it's a challenge I'm, i'm still working on that and uh fortunately like my colleagues have been Uh, very nice and, and you know now we do like franklish uh, when I need it but they understand that but but yeah it's it's a challenge especially certain sounds uh, that we don't have in Spanish that it's it's, it's very hard yes yeah and I, I agree I always want to be comfortable at work and and have people feel like it's totally fine to speak uh, to speak either language and and not have those moments where maybe people hesitate because you speak a different a different language and um and so where's your husband from my husband is uh half american and half french his mother is american and his father is french and he grew up in the u.s but spending summers in in france okay and, and i'm asking this because i would like to know which language do you speak at home we speak english at home although Yeah, we have a, I'd say we have a bit of an unusual rule. Um, maybe not what people hear is the classic recommended where our rule is that we speak English when we're all together in English, except when sometimes my husband tries to speak more French to my youngest son, who's three and doesn't get enough French um, to practice. And then we speak when we're out or, or even when we're at home, but we have someone over who's French and doesn't speak English. So we tend to speak the language of whoever is in the, in the area. And then I've never felt comfortable maybe stemming from the years uh, when my husband's grandparents that were alive here in Paris, we spent a lot of time with them. And I always felt uncomfortable speaking in English in front of them, even if I was speaking to my kids. I think it's a nicer environment to be speaking the same language in the family environment. Okay. And, and how do you see your, your kids? Like, uh, how, how have they adapted to this, to the language? Have, have they told you if they have like any preference of English versus French? They have preferences for English which I find interesting um, because in some ways 
my daughters have had a pretty balanced French and, and English. So my oldest daughter is now 10 and my second daughter is eight. And they've now been in a bilingual school, so speak very comfortably both languages. Um, but I think that they see the English, they almost refer to the English as vacation because we tend to spend more of our vacations in English. Oh, so I always wonder, is yes. there a certain comfort level and that the English language is the fun one, whereas the French language is, is more serious? Uh, but they're pretty comfortable in both. And then my youngest, I think it's been a bit harder for him because, because we do speak much more English at home. He's had more English at home and now he started a French maternelle. And not only is he the youngest uh, in the class since he's born in January, but we put him with the class uh, ahead. So he's technically the toute petite section. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and I think it's, it's not easy for him to communicate. So what can you tell us about... Uh something nice that you that you enjoy uh, maybe a good surprise or a place or something that you do on a daily basis that that you really enjoy i really enjoy i've been spending a lot of time uh, with the all the, the restrictions around covid in my neighborhood and it's made me realize how lucky i am to to live in this neighborhood uh, and so every day i really enjoy getting out during lunch and and walking and and walking and and I do enjoy choosing my lunch whether it's at I live very close to lots of different cafes mm. um, near the Beau Passage in along the Rue du Bac which is relatively new that they that they built and has lots of little shops including uh, um, lots of bakeries like like Pierre Hermé and um, different places to get good coffee and, and snacks And, um, and so I'd say I really just enjoy the, that lifestyle of walking and, and I'm also not too far from, from the Seine. So I don't always make it to the Seine during the week, um, but on weekends I enjoy, uh, especially since my son is still quite young, I spend lots of mornings out of the house and, um, and walking yeah. and going to the, to the local parks that I think are really beautiful, even in the winter. And, and now with, uh, with COVID and, and now that we have to, spend more time at home. What, what for you, your idea of either staying in Paris versus moving outside of Paris to, to another place? Has, has that changed? Uh, have, have that changed uh, with all of these or, or would, would you still rather stay, stay in central Paris? I still would rather stay in central Paris. I still feel a lot of the advantages of staying in central Paris. I'm definitely looking forward to things opening up but uh, at least in some ways I can walk and look even if things are closed it's still very very beautiful um, and I do miss I guess the what the COVID has made things more difficult is really missing my family who's in the U.S. and feeling more restricted around being able to travel back to the to the US. So I haven't thought as much about moving out of Paris as much as I understand lots of other people maybe do, especially if you're working more from home. I still think I enjoy the city life and almost I, I really miss being able to see friends and having easy crossing people in the street. Um, So we haven't thought a lot about uh, about moving, but uh, but it's definitely made it harder to be in a different country. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Same same for me. That's uh, that's hard uh, not to be able to go and, and and see your family for for quite some time. Like in, in my kids, so it's more than a year and a half. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be two years next next summer. So so it's super hard. But uh, but I was asking because I see I see colleagues, I see some friends that are, that are. And have decided to to move outside of Paris now that uh, things are changing and that working from home is becoming the norm. Um, my wife is also like started uh, to ask questions, and so we're discussing that. I, I like you. I, I love and I enjoy living in in central Paris, but so we'll see. Yes, and you also have a dog, right? So yes, we have a dog, yeah. but it's a it's a small one, so it's okay. And, you know, it, it's actually something that I en enjoy uh, in, in the morning. It's my turn to, to walk with him. So it's at least 30 minutes that we go um, around in the morning. And so during lockdown, it was also like the perfect excuse because, you know, it was one of the reasons that you could go out. If you had a dog, it's, it's like a perfect excuse was fully authorized. So even if, if the police saw you with your dog, they wouldn't ask questions. So that was also like good to have him. 
uh, but yeah, like we we were thinking about that. Um, so I, I would like to ask you about about uh, the moment when when you arrived, you arrived in Paris. Was there? Did you have like some kind of cultural shock? Something that that for you was like like very different? Um, maybe that you were not used to either on the people or or some habits or I don't know. Was was there this cultural shock for you? Maybe because I've had this weird process of first coming for school, then coming for this work exchange, and then moving where I thought it was three to five years, and then I've stayed. Uh, I've had the slow process of, of integrating, so I, I don't remember ever having a big shock. So I'm sorry okay. if I don't have a comment about the, <laughs> um, about the culture shock. Uh, I think it's more, I have some ups and downs of feeling frustrated when I can't be, um, if if someone in my family or friend in the U.S. has a problem or it's hard for me to, to be there, um, those are the moments that are the, that are the most difficult for me. And sometimes I admit I'm quite jealous then when I hear of friends who have all their families that they get together and they can see. And, um, and so those are the, the tougher moments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But then what helps you and in, in, in the transition, but also it sounds in, in the adaptation process was arriving at, as a, at a young age, then, you know, because you, you were coming with a, with an exchange program, I guess that a, a lot of things were already prepared and arranged and it, uh, you, you didn't have to deal, I hope, with a lot of paperwork, like some of us have, have to deal with. Um, Was it the case you think that this this was the gradual transition? So you came as a student, you stay one time, then you came back, stay more, and so I, I feel that it was gradual for you. Exactly, exactly. Although I have not avoided the papers, and I do remember I came and um, and and I do remember it was quite stressful the first times getting my carte de séjour uh, re renewed and waiting online, and and it made me realize. Um, just how little control maybe, maybe I have on, on my life. And I remember at one point, I think I'm a pretty organized person. And I, and I, of course, I speak French fluently and had organized the paperwork and my husband, who's French, had helped me. And I remember one experience where, um, where I was told that I basically, if I didn't do a much better job the following year, I would never get my 10-year carte de séjour Um, and I remember feeling really, oh, I'm never quite going to oh. make the organizational uh, cut for the French, the French administration. Um, and I, I definitely had uh, one of the things I'm most proud of is managing to get the French citizenship, uh, because that's also quite the process. Uh, and I feel oh, yeah, that's a long process. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I think it's it's. Unfortunately, it's very common to have that kind of experience in when you're doing the paperwork, either uh, having trouble getting an appointment uh, that, that take, could take a lot of time, but then also like understanding and navigating all, all that you need to prepare. I hope, I hope it, it, it gets better, it gets better because there's, uh, there's more and more people that, that would like to, to be in France and, and, and it's definitely something that, that can be improved. Okay, um, so... Uh, tell us what are what are some of the things that you miss from from home um so i've said this many times but i miss being able to just have dinner with different family members and friends um is the biggest thing i i miss if i think about other things i miss driving in the country uh, i feel like the roads in france even in the country and in 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 france The roads are still narrow, even in the countryside, versus in America, really big, wide, uh, wide roads. Um, and so that's something that highways I, yeah. like with uh, five yeah. lanes. Yeah, it's that's impressive. Yes. Yeah, both the highways as well as the let's say the country roads are a bit wider. So you're not worried you're going to hit something and go into a into a hedge. Um, so I enjoy I enjoy that at home um, in the U.S. Um, what else do I miss? I mean, I still miss a good American cheeseburger or, um, and I miss 
uh, I miss sometimes the the summer and and pools. And I, I joked to my husband too. I miss, of course, as we live in a apartment in Paris, I miss the American kitchen and being able to hang out in the American kitchen. Um, so those are the kinds of things that I that I miss. Is it easy for you to find um, American food in Paris? I can't complain. I have to say, the first time I moved to Paris, there were a lot of things that were really hard to find. Um, there was only the store, the real McCoy, or um, and there was very difficult to get even things like maple syrup or um, peanut butter. And now, even in our local Franc Prix, there's peanut butter and maple syrup. So I can't quite get um, I can't quite get exactly sometimes the brand uh, that that I want. So we joke too. I'm very lazy. So some of the things I like are the American cake bake mixes or the brownie mixes, uh, yes. which I'm always I always love it when I make that for French people and they say that they really like it and it's really very processed and easy to cook. Um, but um, I yeah, the hardest thing to get is um, yeah, it's more like specific brands of I've now ha do have to make pancakes from scratch instead of having a Bisquick uh, pancake mix. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I love peanut butter uh, with jelly. Mm. And and this you know this is like very very American. Yes, like it. Yes, <laughs> super American. But anyway, like I discovered that, and, and since then I love it. And then I showed that to, to my wife and at the beginning she was like that doesn't sound good where do you eat that and then she tried it and now she loves it she loves it so i'm going to share with you uh th there is this website we found the most amazing uh organic peanut butter and mm. we love it we love it mm. i'll share that with you um okay so um in in how often do you go back to to the u.s to see your family of course in normal you know, circumstances, not, not right now because of COVID has changed everyone's plans, but, but normally how, how often did you go back to the U.S.? I was very lucky before because I would always go back two to three weeks in the summer and at least a week around the Christmas holidays. And then usually one other time for a special event, whether there was a wedding or something else going on and, and often more for work. Um, I was very lucky to be able to go at least overall then five times a year. So it's definitely been a shock with COVID not to now have gone back, uh, in, uh, almost a year and a half. And, uh, what about your, your daughters? Like how, how do they see that process of the vacation is we're going to the U S and, and do they have they told you that they feel kind of split between the family you have here and the family you have in the U.S.? They love going to the U.S. Um, so they don't always feel split. I've never heard them saying, oh, we wish we could stay more in France in the summer. They always want to maximize their time that we can spend in the U.S. And I'm not sure why that is so much maybe they're not old enough to have things that they want to do with their friends here where it also is something about the French culture where there's less activities for kids in the summer or maybe they'll go to a couple camps but many many families go away for the whole summer so there's not pressure to stay in France because families are going to all different places and it's really family time yeah okay and So about about the quality of life that, that you and your family having having friends. So how would you rate it on, on a scale from zero to ten? I'd rate it a nine and not a ten because we can't have all of our family here. And of course that's excluding COVID because right now nice. it's obviously really difficult. I find it uh, really, really difficult because we can't take advantage of all of these advantages of Paris and, and France. Um, so I'd say it's a nine excluding, excluding COVID. Um, but if in some ways there's a place where you need to be restricted, I try to tell myself that there are many worse places than, than Paris. As I said, I really enjoy the walking just in the close neighborhood. So overall, I feel, I feel quite lucky. Yeah. Okay. And is there, Anything uh, that, that, that might be a challenge of, of living in France, uh, something that you're not a big fan, something that, that you dislike, uh, 
of course there is there is a separation of of the family and that's that's very hard and, and I completely understand that um but is there anything else that that for you it's it's hard not very pleasant um <laughs> you're catching me in a good positive mode um it's difficult to i find it hard to drive um and park um as i said things aren't very big um i do find sometimes that um americans tend to be more optimistic and 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 i miss that um i think it's a ways it's good because And I think Americans are also a bit more, um, and I, I really, really don't like making generalizations. Um, so maybe I'll stop there. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have French friends? I do. How, how did you meet them? How, how can someone that just moved here can, can make friends? It takes time. And if I think about my French friends, they're people who I've met throughout the years. So some of them are even from the initial school program that I did in my first time living in Paris to former colleagues. Um, I mm -hmm. just had lunch today with a former colleague. And, uh, and then also when my kids went to school, I thought was an opportunity where I had to meet other French people Um, because you have that in common. And so it's a good bonding and you tend to meet people who live in the same neighborhood and, and you have things in common. Do, do you also have like international friends? Like, yeah, is, is there also like a community of friends, a community of, of Americans? I don't know. Yes. The American community is quite strong. I think many people who move here, there's always a, well, I'll introduce you to different people. Uh, and there's a fantastic a community called Message for mothers, for Anglophone mothers in Paris. And I joined that when I had my first child. And it was also a fantastic way to connect with other Anglophones, Americans, but also oh, okay. different Anglophones in some ways, because it's such a great program. It attracts uh, lots of people. Um, and I attended the lunches for working mothers and met some good friends through, through that. And then also, uh, I, I do think people tend to introduce us. One of my closest friends is someone when I moved here, another friend from business school said, hey, you should meet this person. And it turned out that they live down the block. Um, and, and similarly, mm. someone just reached out to me who had moved back to Paris. And, and we said, oh, where, where do you live? And she lives down the block. Uh, so it's also quite a small world. And, and I found pretty easy to meet new people. Okay, cool. So now let's switch gears and talk uh, talk about working in France. Um, and again, tr trying trying to 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 rate and get your personal point of view on a scale from zero to 10, How would you rate your professional development in France? I'd also rate it a nine. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I do think I've been been really lucky to have a fantastic professional experience. I've been able to join companies that either are international, but a mix with people in Paris um, or want to be more and more international. So the first company that I worked for in France uh, was an investment company who the people in the Paris office were all French, but I was in some ways also the link back to the, to the US and I spoke French, so it wasn't so hard to fit in, but at the same time, um, Was a, was a great opportunity for me to learn both the business in Europe and how it was different from the US and then also integrate into a, into a French work, work culture. Was it easy for you to find companies that, that were open to hire um, international talent? It was not easy. It's definitely a select group of companies for which I'd say my profile made sense. So when I was looking to leave investing and join say a real company uh, with a product and a service, I there definitely was more of a handful of international companies that had bases in, in Paris. So those are the ones that I targeted. And, and I was lucky through my MBA network to be put in touch with, with PayPal. And they had a European hub based in Paris. And it was a really fantastic fit. So I think where 
there's maybe not as many opportunities, but then the opportunities that there are are, are very rich. Um, and I've had the opportunity to then there at PayPal did a number of different roles um, and then had the opportunity to join Conto um, through opportunity with the French. I think the French fintech is very strong and the French overall tech is really, really strong. Um, and that's been building over the over the past years. And I saw that as an opportunity. I watched it from being at PayPal, a bigger company, and wanting to take part in the in the in the French tech. Um, and so I'd say overall, that's a, a good opportunity, especially because now the French tech is not so French only. A lot of the companies and the objective is to become a European and global leaders. And therefore, there's opportunities where where those companies are even looking for for international profiles. And, and this is something that has recently changed like i i feel the 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 whole initiative of of um you know there is there is uh the next 40 uh the french tech like all of that for me it started recently because i feel that when when i when i arrived in france uh almost six years ago it, it was very different there was not like a lot of there was a, a french uh startup and, and tech community but but it was not you know, I feel it was not that open. Um, it, there wasn't a lot of promotion, I feel. Uh, and that has recently changed. Like like I have seen there's a lot of, first, there's more investment. So, you know, money, money arriving into, into French, into French startups. But I also feel that there starts to be more structure also in, in the program itself. And I also feel there's, um, there is more support from, from the government. How, how have you seen these do, do you agree with these and how have you seen it and, and maybe experience it now now that you work for for one uh, of the french scale-ups yeah definitely it's been really impressive and i think there's been three evolutions over the past years one being the some of the changes that macron has made that has made the labor market more more flexible and then him ultimately as you said investing a lot that's created these programs for the french tech um, and, and particularly creating these programs for the, say the French Tech 40 or 120 that are incredibly well organized uh, with, um, with support, everything from questions on administrative tasks to network, um, having a Slack channel to be able to really easily meet people and be in touch and, and, share, uh, and share questions. And, and really they're very open to any problems that, that we're having, whether it's related as well to opening new offices in, in other countries um, or complexity for recruiting and bringing people from, from other countries. And so that support I think is really, is really important. And then I think also because there's been some successes as well and, and some of the, a lot of leadership um, who've developed and supported um, things like um, Station F uh, and, and to create um, and to create these hubs um, that are both formal as well as as well as informal um, and and I think that's what really creates this ecosystem it's this magic formula of a mix um, and then ultimately you know at the end of the day I, I've been really impressed by by the people just from a human perspective and feel really lucky that a lot of people since I joined have reached out to me other people who work in growth and, and other CMOs uh, to reach out and exchange. And even during this difficult period, like, like the COVID, and I, I think it's nice because it's almost like all of the French tech companies are, are supporting each other and the ecosystem supporting each other. And, um, and so you're, you're leading the, the, the marketing team at, at, at Conto. So from, from your position as, as someone that has a team that has been growing, uh, that, you have open positions like what can you tell us about about first about about the culture of 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 your team and then how how are you hiring and and if you have seen like an increase of interest from from international talent yes so the i'm yeah i'm very lucky because at conto we're growing very fast and and we're recruiting quite quite a lot um, when I joined, we were a team of 30, and now we're a team of 60 and, and going to 80 this year. 
and and so that's uh, both a, a fantastic opportunity, but but also a challenge, especially in this environment, to make sure that the team has a the right support and the right setup to grow, and and that we keep a very strong culture. I think what's unique about the culture at Conto is a focus on what we call mastery and, and continuous learning. And it's really about everyone's personal development and challenging themselves to learn more every day and to improve things. I mean, because at Conto, we're trying to do something that, that no one's done before. I mean, we want to grow uh, more than two times uh, in, in the year. And, and we have this big ambition, it's really important that um, everybody individually has that, that drive and that interest in learning. And then in terms of the managers at Conto, the role is really to help people learn and, and be sure that they're, they're set up for, for success. And in terms of then what that means of what I look for when, when I hire, it means that I'm looking for people who have that uh, energy and that curiosity and that interest to, um, to, to continuously learn and improve and, and people who want to have an impact. All right. And so uh, can you tell us, uh, do you know how many nationalities do you have at, at Conto? We now have more than 30 nationalities at, at Conto. It's something we're really proud of because it's something that we think is important, both from the perspective of having the business in four countries, but we like that it's even more diverse than that because we think that that creates a certain diversity that brings new ideas and brings an openness to the company. Wow, that's impressive. And uh, I guess the official language is English? Yes. And what do you think is it's a main strength of having such a diversity of nationalities? It brings this overall culture of openness Uh, because I think it brings people who think differently or bring naturally in some ways new new ideas. Um, as I mentioned earlier, in France, there's a different way of um, even of writing or, or thinking. So I think it brings that diversity. And then ultimately, it's really important for us to have people who can put themselves in our customers' shoes and having people who are local um, And I think also people who have had this experience of living in two different countries tend to have this ability to put themselves in other people's shoes. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, uh, that's very true. Like people that have gone through this transition, you know, living, living your, your country, moving, relocating, adapting, it's, uh, it, it generates a lot of, of, of empathy and flexibility and, and, and it forces you also to be creative to solve problems because sometimes you arrive in a place where Basically, you have to discover everything on your own. So in, in which countries do you currently operate uh, at Conto? In France, Italy, Spain, and Germany. Okay, cool. So mm -hmm. you're expanding. Yes, yes. What, what can you tell us about some of the difference between the workplace in the US and the workplace in, in a French company? Hmm. Now, the first thing that comes to mind is vacation. Oh, yeah. It's very important. And maybe there's two aspects of that that's different. First, there is a minimum by law of five weeks or sometimes depending upon the contract, I think it's even seven weeks. That's, that's up to, yeah, and, and that's up to seven weeks of paid holidays, right? Yes, yes, paid holidays. And I think that's quite important in terms of the, the mentality and, and the ability to take significant vacation. Also, people tend to take more than one week at a time. Culturally in the US, I find it's really rare. It's almost only if someone goes on a honeymoon and yes. right after they get married. Uh, whereas in France, it's really quite normal to take at least two weeks in, in the summer. And I think that that's quite important. It has an impact on how people work. And I believe it's quite good because I believe that having a break and being able to really shut off and focus on something different actually helps you when, when you get back because not only are you less tired, but you have this time to step back and, and reflect and come back really fresh. And I think one, one of the benefits of, of that is, is, you know, for people like us that have family in the other side of the world, then that helps us to, to plan a trip of two, three weeks easily. What about... Uh, social security in general, because I, I feel that the benefits are, are also 
way better in, in Europe in general. But, uh, but for example, what can you tell us about maternity leave? Maternity leave also is a key difference in that the maternity leave is a minimum of 16 weeks. And the, say there's exceptions also where then it's potentially longer, or of course there's some exceptions in terms of the, the work contract. But I think that that 16 week period is, uh, is also quite important. Having this time where you have 16 weeks of paid, uh, paid maternity leave, and also that typically it starts uh, where you're actually required to stop at least a two to four weeks um, before the, the due date, um, which I think is, is nice because it forces women to, to have that time and not be working right up until their, their due dates, which I think can be quite stressful. And ultimately, I think there's studies as well that it's not as healthy uh, for, for women or for the, the babies. And, and I think that that's also having that time and having it be a significant time leads more women to go back to work. At least for me, I felt like I had that solid time that I could spend. And then I felt like I was ready to come back. Whereas I've definitely seen friends in the U.S. where the basically there's not many companies don't offer a paid a maternity leave and there's not protection in the state or social security protection to, to pay for maternity leave. And so there's, they might have maybe six to eight weeks that's based on a certain insurance. I think they even call it disability insurance, um, which doesn't seem, seems like there should be something special specific oh. to, uh, to maternity leave. Um, and of course, some companies are, are changing or some states in the US are changing. But, um, but I think having that time and knowing you have that time makes a big difference to people being ready to go back to work. I think ultimately a lot of women leave or don't go back because they find it too stressful to leave their, their, their children so early and it's very difficult to find the right childcare and to leave a six-week-old baby and to, to imagine doing that is, is, too, is too difficult. And, and now that we're going more into, into this area of, of work-life balance, do, do you see a big difference of of the of the quality life, the work life balance that that you can have here, you and your family, versus what what you can see in the U.S.? It's always hard to make generalizations, and I've typically worked in companies and jobs that have still been been quite intense. But the difference that I see are two two points to share. One that. Um, We talked a little bit about commuting <laughs> before, and uh, yes. the U.S. people tend to have these long, not very enjoyable commutes, and I think that that adds to to the stress. Maybe it will change now that there's more more remote working, but I think that that, that adds to the stress. And as at one point, uh, my husband and I were quite close to moving to New York, but I thought, am I going to add this extra? 45 minutes to an hour commute to my day either way that that makes a pretty big difference versus now my commute in Paris I can get my exercise during my commute and it's beautiful and I think that's a pretty um, a pretty significant a pretty significant difference um, and then maybe the second difference is because there is this vacation time um, I think the, the periods of not vacation sometimes tend to be even more intense. So I find that September is really, really intense or the end of August when everybody's back. Oh, yeah. And in some ways that can be even more stressful. Um, but, but overall, I, I like having that sense of the ups and downs and the, and the holidays. You know, for, for people that might not know, but, but here in August, like everything stops because everyone mm -hmm. takes holidays and, and two or three weeks. Uh, I'm going to take for the first time like four weeks and then for me it's like uh, incredible and but so that means that basically everything stops and then September as you said is, is the moment when everyone goes back and everybody's like full of ideas projects you know deadlines for for the end of the year so can be quite intense but uh, but yeah I, I even with that I, I still believe in the work-life balance and, and and I think it's a It's very valuable and, and I enjoy you it. You wouldn't trade your vacation, would you? It's okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, so maybe one, uh, th thanks for everything. Thanks for sharing your, your experience. Thanks for sharing details about, about your, your family and, and what you've been, been through. I think, I think it's been very 
helpful. Um, what what piece of advice you could you could give to someone who is considering moving to France? Do it. <laughs> I'd say um, be sure you do it so you don't have any any regrets and you never know what's going to happen. So whether you come for a short period or you end up staying like me, I don't know anybody who's regretted it. Yeah, and I, I think that's the great advice and a, and a key message. Like just go and live with experience, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, fantastic. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. It's uh, it's great to see you. Uh, thank you so much for sharing and thank you for for being my first guest here on the French team. Well, thank you for having me as your first guest. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, Sergio. Likewise. Thank you, Elizabeth. Bye, everyone.